right on cue. Thank you, James. Let's um, just bow our heads in prayer. Lord, we thank you for these words that we've been singing, that we have 10,000 reasons, Lord, to praise you if, uh, and to thank you for who you are and for uh, what you promise us in your word concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, even, Lord, when our strength might be failing, even when the end draws near, uh, when our time comes to an end, Lord, we will still sing your praises. And we thank you that we can remember those who are ill, especially. Uh, we think of Murdo at this time, where his strength is failing. We bring before him and his family to you. And we also, Lord, remember others known to us, even, Lord, uh, those connected with us in the congregation or in our families who are um, facing uh, sickness and uh, difficulties, Lord, we commit each and every one to you. And uh, we, we know, Lord, that you're the one we can turn to uh, because um, you have promised, Lord, uh, a place for us, a place that uh, has no more sickness or sadness or separation and where you will wipe away every tear from our eye. So we thank you that we can come together today and we thank you for everyone here and uh, we know that you will speak into our hearts today because it is your word that we proclaim and we know that it never returns to you void or empty. It always uh, does what it uh, is meant to do, Lord. You, you speak to us and we pray for a reaction from all of us that would be positive, that we would look to you and turn to you and trust in you at the start of this new year. Thank you for all the students who have come back to join us, Lord. Uh, we know it'll be difficult for them having left family and friends, but we pray that they would see us here as family and their friends too, and we believe they do. And we thank you for the family that is Sterling Free Church. Bless the others who have joined us from other places. We pray that it would be said of by them and by all of us, Lord, that it was good for us to be here today. So Lord, uh, go before us, and as we study your word, uh, as we've been looking at the journey of the Exodus, we thank you, Lord, that we can draw um, parallels to our own journey of faith here today. And uh, we know there are many situations in this world that cause us a concern, but uh, you ask us to trust in you and to believe in you because you're the one who defeats the enemies of your people. And uh, the ultimate enemy, of course, is death itself. And we thank you, Lord, that you defeated death and you rose again on the third day. And you promised to take us to that place prepared for us uh, where there are many mansions. So we thank you, Lord, for this day. Bless our children, bless our children's children, bless uh, the students as they go back to, to work uh, and their studies. And Lord, we commit each one to you today. You know our hearts and our minds, and uh, we ask, Lord, that you'd really bless us now. And we ask these things in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Well, uh, boys, we've got three boys today, three wise men. And Millie Rose, where is she? We always, well, we don't forget Millie Rose, but she's so quiet and well behaved. So, what's this new boy's name? Matthew. Matthew, what a good name that is. Anyway, I've, I've got a wee bag. I used to... Um, when I used to go to the schools uh, when I was up north as a minister, I used to do, I think at the end we went to about 14 or 15 schools, and I used to take a bag in, and they got used to asking the question, what's in the bag? 
So, didn't hear you. Didn't hear you. Didn't hear you. That's better. I'll tell you what, by the end of this year, if we're spared, you will be screaming at me. Watch in the bag. Anyway, one of those. And one of those. They're all kind of full of wee knots, but I don't know what. That's, that's another story. Scott's a shepherd. He will use one of these. Because a shepherd, what does a shepherd have to round up the sheep? A dog. So how does the shepherd speak to the dog? And Scott, does your dog do amazing things when you do that? <laughs> I hope you're not using it for your new wife. <laughs> she's got one for you. Good, I'm glad to hear she's got one for you. Anyway, so today I actually used this and this. So what was I doing this morning in the rain? I was taking the dog for a walk. Or dogs. Uh, and so there's a lead. And there's a whistle, so we blow the whistle if the dog's going. Sometimes I let them off the lead, but if they start to stray, I just go. And the older one comes back, but the younger one just carries on. <laughs> so for the younger one, I need this. But I'm not cruel to keep her like that. What I do is, I let her. Go for a wee wander, and she's doing well, but then she gets into trouble, and I just go, stop. And then she goes for another wee while, and another wee while, and then I tell her to stop. And then she goes for another wee while, and another wee while. Oh, I didn't realize it was this long. <laughs> and I tell her to stop. So it stops her from, you can let go, getting into trouble. So the whistle and the lead are very good when I go walking with my dogs. So that really reminds us of, um, actually, can anyone remember what I spoke about last week to the children? To the children. Ah. A diary, yes, there was a diary, and the diary was on my phone, and my phone was so I didn't know where I was going or what day I was supposed to be where. Remember that one? Well, actually, <coughs> as well as the phone breaking last week, Catherine was just past her test. Was it, well, a wee while ago now. <laughs> a wee while ago, but she was out with her pee on her car because she's still learning, although she's passed. And something happened. What happened, Catherine, where you were driving? The power steering went. So that's a bit scary when you're a, an experienced driver, but when you're not, it can be really scary. So the power steering went, managed to find a garage in Glasgow, and they said, just drive it here. I said, what? Yeah, yeah, you'll be fine. So it's like driving a tank. Anyway, they fixed that. So, so all the time, things go wrong for us, and sometimes... We need direction, and sometimes we need people showing us the right way to go. But the one we really need to trust to is 
trust in his God because he sometimes lets us go, like I let my wee dog go a wee bit, but then he says, look, that's far enough, and he stops us. Because if we're left to our own devices, we can go astray and we can go wrong. But God calls us back to himself. And God speaks to us, not really through a whistle, but through his word and through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he instructs us and he guides us the way that we should go. His word is a light to our feet and a lamp to our path. So at the start of this year, uh, we need to trust in God who, who gives us uh, human freedom. He lets us do things and say things and go different places. But at the same time, he checks us. And the check is always what he tells us what's best for us in his word. So just as we check our dogs or whatever, we know what's best for them. And sometimes we have to check our children because we know what's best for them. God checks us, his children, and he shows us the right way to go. And he guides us and he directs us. Even when we hit a situation where we panic, we need to turn and trust in him. And that's what we see in our story today from the Bible. As we've been looking at the children of Israel leaving Egypt and heading towards the promised land where God has guided and directed them and even took them through safely to the Red Sea. So we'll look at that today. So let's just pray together. Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you're the one who helps us and guides us. Even when in our journey we hit situations that might be difficult for us, we thank you, Lord, that you're always there and your word is always there to guide and direct us. So we pray, Lord, that we would all be willing to turn to you and to trust in you all the days of our lives. And especially as we come and look forward to this new year together, we pray that we would be guided by your word and your truth. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much. So we're just before um, the children go out, we're going to just uh, read about a song in the Bible. And we find this in Exodus chapter 15. And then we'll uh, sing uh, a psalm together. So it's the song of Moses, Exodus 15. Then Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his host he, came into the, he cast into the sea, and his chosen officers were sunk into the, red, into the Red Sea. The floods covered them. They went down into the depth like a stone. Your right hand, O Lord, glory is in power. Your right hand, O Lord, shatters the enemy. In the greatness of your majesty, you overthrow your adversaries. You send out your fury. It consumes them like stubble. At the blast of your nostrils, the waters piled up. The floods stood up in a pile. The deeps congealed in the heart of the sea. Uh, the enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil. My desire shall have its fill of them. I will draw my sword, my hand shall destroy them. You blew with your wind. The sea covered them. They sank like lead into the, in, in the mighty waters. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders? You stretched out your right hand. The earth swallowed them. You have led in your steadfast love the people whom you have redeemed. You have guided them by your strength to your holy abode. 
The peoples have heard, they tremble, pangs have seized the inhabitants of Philistia. Now are the chiefs of Edom dismayed, trembling seizes the leaders of Moab. All the inhabitants of Canaan have melted away. Terror and dread fall upon them. Because of the greatness of your arm, they are still as a stone. Till your people, O Lord, pass by, till the people pass by whom you have purchased, you will bring them in and plant them on your own mountain, the place, O Lord, which you have made for your abode, the sanctuary, O Lord, which your hands have established. The Lord will reign forever and ever. For when the horses of Pharaoh with his chariots and his horsemen went into the sea, the Lord brought back the waters of the sea upon them. But the people of Israel walked on dry ground in the midst of the sea. Then Miriam, the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took a tambourine in her hand. And all the women went out after her with tambourines and dancing. And Miriam sang to them, Sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. Then Moses made Israel set out from the Red Sea. And they went into the wilderness of Shur. They went three days in the wilderness and found no water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink the water of Marah because it was bitter. Therefore it was named Marah. And the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a log, and he threw it into the water, and the water became sweet. There the Lord made for them a statute and a rule, and there he tested them, saying, If you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God, and do that which is right in his eyes, and give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord, your healer. Then they came to Elam, where there were twelve springs of water and seventy palm trees, and they encamped there by the water. Amen. May God bless to us that reading from his own holy word. Lovely. Well done. Well done, the praise band. Well done yourselves. Sorry for the confusion. I need to write my order of service uh, <coughs> on my phone. Uh, so, can we turn back to uh, the Song of Moses? And uh, you have that on your screen. And uh, if you were here last week, we saw how the Lord God miraculously brought the children of Israel through the Red Sea uh, and how the pursuing Egyptians perished. And we see here that the Israelites' immediate response to that was to sing a song of praise to the Lord who saved them from, from certain death and from destruction by defeating and destroying the pursuing Egyptians. There is something really special about singing, uh, and I think we all here uh, especially uh, enjoy singing and enjoy a time of praise and rejoicing before God. And again, we see that in, in the secular world, especially in the world of sport, eh, when people come together, when a victory is being celebrated, the Welsh singing the bread of he heaven at the rugby match down in Wales, eh, that's amazing. So singing has this universal appeal. Um, our creator God made us that way. We love to sing. Even although we might not be good singers, we love to sing. And we love to sing uh, here in Stirling, as we said, as we give thanks to God for the victory that he has achieved over our enemy, uh, Satan, and for over the last enemy for us, death itself. So today is no different. 
we've been singing of God's love and God's grace. Uh, we sing of His character and His compassion. And here before us is probably the oldest song in the world, the song of Moses and Miriam, known as the Song of the Sea. Uh, it's a song of triumph that tells, as we said, of the victory of God and His followers. So really, the song, as we read it, describes what God has already done, or has just done for Israel in defeating the enemy, the Egyptians, but also it predicts what God will still do for Israel in the future, for God's people, that He will defeat all their enemies, not just one, and He will lead them to the promised land that we've been singing about. So this is a song of a song of triumph. It speaks of enemies defeated. It reveals to us many of the characteristics and attributes of God. So today, uh, in the next 25 minutes or so, we'll look at this under four headings. We see how God is personal. We see how God is powerful. We will also see God's provision. And finally, we will see that God is a physician. But first of all, God is personal. Verse 1, Then Moses and the people of Israel sang this song of the Lord, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. And of course, these words are echoed later on in the song by Miriam, the sister of Moses, in verse 21, as she leads the women singing, and dancing with tambourines. So the main theme of the song is God's victory over the enemy. And of course, this story of Israel's exodus and, uh, and different portions of this song appear in other parts of Scripture, in particular in the Psalms that we sing and even the Psalm that we were singing. He, God, made a pathway through the sea. His love endures forever, and through it He brought Israel. His love endures forever. And that tells us that God is with us. He will bring us through. The prophet Isaiah says uh, that God says, I will be with you through the waters and through the fires and through the rivers. So it's not that we're going to avoid situations as Christians. We won't avoid situations on our journeys. There will be times where we will face difficulties. But God says, I will be with you and I will bring you through these things. Psalm 66, come and see what God has done. How awesome are his works on, on man's behalf. He turned the sea into dry land. They passed through the waters on foot. Come, let us rejoice in him. And notice what verse 2 says. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. This is a song that is personal because God himself is personal. And this verse is also found in Psalm 118. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. And we see the same elements expressed in the prophet Isaiah. Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. So the question for us this morning is, can that be our song? Even when we are weak in ourselves, even... A week through illness, week through situations, week through 
whatever, we can still say, the Lord is my strength and my salvation because He is a personal God, the one who enables Moses to sing and to exalt His name because they've seen how God has helped them. And God's great works and wonders in the Bible become personal to us when God becomes personal to us, when we experience the power and grace of God ourselves. So the question is, have you discovered that salvation for yourself? Are you saved? Can you say, and can you sing, as we will at the end of this service, one of our favorite songs here, The Lord is my salvation. The Apostle Paul could say, He loved me, and He gave Himself for me. You see, it becomes a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, with God through the one He sent to save us, Jesus. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and who gave Himself for me. Can you say that today? The Lord is my strength. The Lord is my song. He has become my salvation. And it goes on. This is my God, still personal, and I will praise Him, my Father's God, and I will exalt Him. My Father's God, that is the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And just as He promised God, uh, as the promises of God were passed through the patriarchs, as we call them, so the events of Exodus would also be passed down to succeeding generations. God says that in the book of Deuteronomy. Be careful, He says, that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Tell your children, talk about them, talk about them when you sit down at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. So the conversation, whatever they were doing, as we might be out walking our dogs or, or, or whatever, whatever the situation, relaxing, sitting, eating, talk about these things to your children. And that's how this has reached us. Lord, you have been a refuge in every generation, says Psalm 90. And we today can thank God that we have this wonderful word, this wonderful message and many of us are products of covenant blessings. We have had parents or grandparents, grandmothers and grandfathers, who were faithful in passing these things down their generations. They taught us these things. They taught us to trust in God for our salvation. They told us how God could be our strength. They prayed for us, and it's important for us, as we were today, to pray for our children and our children's children to succeeding generations. Because God is a God of covenant to a thousand generations, to those who will honor Him and bless Him and look to Him. So hold on to these promises. Let's stand on every promise of His Word, even when the situation might not look that great at times as was true in the life of God's children in the Old Testament. So God is interested in you as an individual and he's interested in us as families, and he's inter interested in this family of faith. God is personal. God is also powerful. The Lord is a man of war, verse 3. The Lord is his name. So the Lord is this divine warrior who defeats his enemies. Here it's Pharaoh's chariots, and it's his officers 
who were destroyed. Your right hand, verse 6, O Lord, glo o Lord, glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, shatters the enemy. And the Lord God had previously said in Exodus 7, I will lay my hand on Egypt and bring my hosts, my people, the children of Israel, out of the land of Egypt by great acts of judgment. And in verse 12, you stretched out your right hand. The earth swallowed them up. Psalm 77, you are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples with your mighty arm. You redeem people. So the battle was, and the battle is, and the battle forever will be the Lord's. He has a right hand that's full of power. That's one of our favorite Psalms, Psalm 89. Your right hand is full of power. So this right hand speaks of God's power, His majesty, the way He just defeats people. So what has He done for them? He has rescued them from their enemy. The song praises God's destruction of His enemies. And you might think, well, that's not right. But it is. It's always right because God destroys those who come against Him. Jesus Christ came into this world to destroy the works of the devil, to destroy death to destroy evil, to destroy darkness. And that's what we see here. They drowned in the sea. They sank like a stone. They sank like lead. Verse 7, In the greatness of your majesty, you overthrow your adversaries. You send out your fury. It consumes them like stubble. So despite that list and boasts of the enemy, we see that we're going to do this, and we're going to do that, and we're going to do that, whatever, Despite these boasts that we read of there in verses 8 to 10, you know, the enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil, my desire shall have its fill of them, I will draw my sword, my hand shall destroy them. But you just blew with your wind, the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty water. So despite these boasts, the God who is the Creator God, shows that he is in control. Nature does his bidding. The water's piled up. You blew the wind. The sea covered them. What manner of man is this, they said, concerning Jesus, that even the wind and the waves obey him? He is God. Only God has control of nature. So Moses asked the question in verse 11, who is like you, Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders? God not only defeats the Egyptians, but importantly, He defeats the gods of the Egyptians. Our God works wonders. He is the same today. We worship His majesty. As we sing, who is like the Lord our God? Strong to save, faithful in love. This is our God. This is the God that we worship today. And God has had instructed Moses with these words, which he was to communicate to the Israelites uh, back in Exodus chapter 6, verse 6. I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the bonds or, or the, the burdens of the Egyptians. You know, and the Israelites just didn't believe that at the time. But I tell you what, they're believing it now. They've seen God act in awesome power. But God also promised in Exodus 6, 6, 
and I will bring you into the land that I swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. So not only would he bring them out, but he would also take them in. He doesn't leave us halfway on our journey of faith. Whether we're uh, learners today or we've just begun our journey of faith today, he will complete the work that he's begun in us. He will bring us to the promised land. He wouldn't leave us halfway where God begins a good work. He will bring it to completion. So take courage, friend. Every journey starts with one step of faith. You know, when we see um, God, uh, the children of Israel in the River Jordan, it is when they dipped their foot in the water that the water separated. And sometimes that is all it takes for us. One step of faith. How does a journey of a thousand miles begin? One step of faith. Some of us in our New Year resolution say, well, I need to get fit. And I need to go jogging. And I need to get my app out and do whatever. But you've got to do it. Some of us have done it. Some of us are still deliberating. So it is with faith today. Are you deliberating or are you going to take or have you taken that step of faith because God has a purpose for your life? That's our third heading. The song highlights the fact that God is working out his sovereign purpose, leading out his people in covenant love and mercy according to the plan that he has. And the plan is to bring them to his holy abode to bring them to his holy dwelling. And so Jesus says that to us. I go. He came and he went. But he's coming back again. And why is he coming back again? To bring you to where I am. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you there with me. Because in my father's house are many rooms many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. So that's the promises that we have in Christ. Verse 13, you have led in your steadfast love. This is really important. You have led in your steadfast love the people whom you have redeemed. You have guided them by your strength to your holy abode. So this speaks of God's unfailing love. This speaks of God's unconditional love. Um, when we get married, we speak of a, a love that is uh, hopefully till death do us part. And this word translated here is the Hebrew word chesed, one of the richest and most precious words in the Hebrew words in the in the Hebrew Scripture. In fact, the word was a the last word translated by the NIV translators in the whole of the Bible because they just couldn't get the right word to represent the depth of this wonderful Hebrew word chesed. There wasn't a single word or phrase that would do justice to the sentiments expressed in this word. Psalm 145 tells us the Lord is gracious. It tells us that the Lord is compassionate. It tells us that he is rich in chesed and feeling love. So really it's this unfailing love. 
that lies at the root of the Lord's dealing with his people, Israel in the Old Testament, believers in the New Testament. And it's really this unfailing, unconditional love that Moses recognizes in this song of praise. Because this love is completely unmerited. It is by his amazing grace. His love endures forever. It really does. And he has redeemed and rescued his people for a purpose. Remember, that's our third heading. To take them to his holy dwelling. Verses 17 and 18. You will bring them in and plant them on your own mountain. The place, O Lord, which you have made for your abode. The sanctuary, O Lord, which your hands have established. The Lord will reign forever and ever. So, where God's people know peace and purpose, and who have come to know him personally, and have benefited from his promises, the enemies of God know terror. And dread falls upon them, verses 14 to 16. So do you know the peace of God today? The peace of God that passes all understanding, even in the hardest situation, Facing trial, hassle, hardship, difficulty, you can say, I'm at peace. <laughs> and you know, people have said that to me t this week who are going through difficult times in their health. See the contrast. Verse 19, for when the horses went into the sea, the people of Israel walked on dry ground. It's that contrast between death and life. Of being saved and being lost. Miriam the prophetess, the sister of Moses and Aaron, took a tambourine. And all the women came out with their tambourines and dancing. And she took up this song, Sing to the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously. That's why we sing. That's why so many of us, if not all of us, are so moved when we sing songs of praise to God. One song we've started singing recently, I think, Jim, you've been playing it 24-7. <laughs> but that's because it's hitting here and not there. And this brings us to our fourth and final point. You think, well, that's a great place to end. The singing and the dancing, no more problems, no more hassle. No. Nah. <laughs> uh, the computer says no. <laughs> fourth point, God the physician, for I am the Lord your healer. Then Moses made Israel set out from the Red Sea. Now that's interesting. The NIV says, Moses led the Israelites, but here it says Moses made Israel set out. So it gave us that picture. Say, look, we're, we're all right where we are now. This will do us. <laughs> we're quite happy here. Don't ask us to move on. We've had enough hassle. And sometimes that's what we do. This will do me. No more hassle, Lord, please. Just let me have a, a nice life. Red Sea, remind me of what you've done. I don't need to think what's going ahead. <laughs> but... That's not the way it is. We need to move on. 
2017 is gone. Thankfully, for many of us, 2018 is ahead of us. We have to move on. We have to seek Him. We have to trust Him still. And they went into the wilderness of Shur. And they say, oh no, here we go again. And there were three days in the wilderness and they found no water. God is testing their faith again. The harsh realities of desert and this desert march sets in. But remember, God is taking them through the water. And God will provide for them water to drink. And imagine their delight when they see water. But imagine their dismay when they tasted the water and the water was bitter, undrinkable. When they came to Marah, verse 23, they could not drink its water because it was bitter. Therefore, it was called Marah. Friends, some of our experiences in this life are bitter. We have come across Marah. Mara here was about 30 miles journey from the Red Sea. The name Mara means bitter. Remember, we come across it in the story of Ruth and Naomi. Naomi, whose name means pleasant. She says, don't call me pleasant anymore. Call me Mara because of my bitter experiences. And if you know that story, she had some bitter experiences. She lost her husband and her sons. And here the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? Now, the word grumbled here describes the repeated behavior of the Israelites when they encountered difficulties and journeys on their journey of faith. Remember their complaints in Exodus 14. Was it because there was no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? They were dissatisfied. They were discontent. So they complained and they murmured and they grumbled. And they weren't trusting in God in their lives and in their problems. And so often that's us. And when we're out of sync spiritually, we begin to grumble and complain. Paul warns against that to the church in Corinth in 1 Corinthians 10.10. So friends, don't be guilty of grumbling and complaining and murmuring. Such an attitude can spoil a church and a community of believers. Pray to God. Moses responded, cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a log, and he threw it into the water, and the water became sweet. Some of you don't know this, but Blair is in charge of the water at Highland Spring. Imagine if he went in one day and the whole thing was just, oh, no one can drink this stuff. Not even mine. <laughs> That'd be awful. But imagine if God said, Blair, just throw a bit of wood in the water and it'll be fine. It takes faith to do that. But Moses had seen God working amazingly in the past, and that's what he did. He did what God said. He threw it into the water, and the water became sweet. Remember, this is reminiscent of when the, when the Israelites cried out to the Lord in their bitter opposition, uh, oppression in Egypt. 
and God answered them in a miraculous way. Here again, God hears and answers and turns their bitterness to sweetness. Friends, this is for you. God can turn your bitterness to sweetness. There the Lord made for them a, then the Lord made for them a statute and a rule, and there he tested them, saying, if you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God and do that which is right in his eyes and give ear to his commandments and keep his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians. For I, the Lord, am your healer. We sing Jehovah Sitkenu, which means the Lord of righteousness. Here is Jehovah Rophi, the Lord, the healer. The Lord who heals. Later he will say in Exodus 23, Worship the Lord your God and his blessing will be on your food and water. I will take away sickness from among you. The Lord will be the source of salvation. The Lord will be the source of healing. And so it is with you. Psalm 103, Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits who forgives your sins and heals your diseases. Friends, he does it in the place that is his abode. You might be suffering even uh, in this world, but there's a day coming. No more pain, no more sickness, no more sadness, no more separation, no more sin, no more death, no more darkness, no more evil, and where God will wipe away every tear from your eye. That is what is prepared for you, a new heaven and a new, new earth, the home of righteousness. None of the evil that is prevalent in this world. These people who come up and think, we can defeat this God. These terrorists, these evil people will be flattened finally. Sin will be flattened finally. We're always tested. God tested them here. But if you're obedient to his word, if you let his word, as we were saying to the children, guide you, his promises, rely on them, stand on them, his path, follow it, his plans, follow them, you will know his blessing. Then they came to Elam where there were twelve springs of water and seventy palm trees, and they encamped there by the water. What a contrast with Mara. Bitterness, sweetness. Mara today, Elam tomorrow. Friends, the God who has done so much for you will not desert you in your desert. His promise accompanies you to the land of promise. If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? He will do above and beyond anything you can imagine. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. So trust God. He will not necessarily give you what you want, as the song used to say, but he will give you what you need. Salvation. Safety. His presence. His peace. His power. His perfection. He turns the night into day. Death to life. Bitterness to sweetness. This is our God. This is our God, and he calls us now to follow him. Lord, we thank you for this message. Bless us as we continue to sing your praise. And we ask all things in Jesus' name and for his sake.
Amen. We pray now for the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, to rest and remain with us all, now and forevermore. Amen. Just be seated and silent just for a moment as you um, respond in your own personal way to this personal God. Lord, we thank you that you've heard these prayers offered in silence. Bless us, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. And go before us for the rest of this day. Be with Zoe Baxter as she speaks to us tonight about her work in Peru. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.